Welcome to Driving with Cobra. I'm your host, Cobra. And here we are today in my driveway, and I'm getting ready to take off. And we're going to go pick up my son from daycare. And we are attempting again to test the use of my Google Pixel Buds. And uh, seeing if that gives a better audio recording than what the car did. Because it turns out that my car's been connecting to the phone and hijacking it with Uconnect which is the internal car audio system. And the quality on that just is not the same, folks. If that is better suited, because it'll pick up hopefully less background audio, and then on top of that, hopefully that means that it will respond better to the AI tools and stuff that I'm using. Now, I know what you're saying. What is this podcast I've stumbled on? Well, this is theoretically episode three of Driving with Cobra. We're going to see how that goes. And what this is, is this is a podcast where I record whatever's on my mind while I'm driving when I have the opportunity to drive alone. Uh, although I do plan to have guests in the future. I've got some ideas lined up. But yeah, so because of that, it is kind of a freeform ramble cast, really. I like to try to think of maybe a kind of a topic as I get going, but I never really know where my mind's going to take me because I'm essentially talking to myself. It's like having a conversation with a friend in your car, except for since they're not there to directly give you commentary, you just keep going and going and going, which for many of us means that we're descending further and further into madness as the time goes. If you're listening, I still don't have a web page. I still don't have an email address set up. One of these days, folks, give me a few episodes. We're, uh, I am a father a dad named Cobra, as it were. And because of that, as you might imagine, it can be difficult for me to stay on top of projects. What I mean is, I have too many projects and not enough time. That's what I'm trying to say. Dad life means that there's always kids to drive somewhere, there's dinners to make, there's cleaning to do, there's laundry. There's all those things that, unfortunately, I seem to be the one has to do them because children are not the most responsible actors. They're getting better. Two of them are, are teenagers and uh, they're getting a lot better at the routine, but one of them is a toddler. There's a three-year-old and he is not allowed to dad out, right? But I got stuff like work or my day job and trying to occasionally socialize and all the other things we use here in the aftertimes that keep saying, we're I mean, like, what, what are the aftertimes, Cobra? Well, the aftertimes is the term that I use when I am talking about uh, the post-pandemic, or since the beginning of the pandemic, I guess I would argue we're still in it. I mean, COVID's still raging out there. Right now, there's another wave going on, um, but it's not coming up on the news as much. We've kind of gotten desensitized to it. And part of that reason is just the good old-fashioned simple truth of humans can only really handle so much. We can only pay attention so much. We're simple creatures that way. There is a point where there's an overload. And um, treatment for COVID has gotten much better. In the last three years, we've learned quite a bit about how to treat it. And so therefore, it's it's not as deadly. But when there are surges, when it is out there spreading into populations, it can be a lot more simply dangerous than you realize. And that's always the dangerous thing about a pandemic like this, is that when it's out there and it's mutating, and then you'll see a surge. And then you're like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't see all this. And it's like, yeah, no, but the hospitals do. And there'll be an uptick where a certain class of people tend to be more vulnerable and a death spike. 
or other infrastructure costs that can happen from hospitals struggling to deal with treating patients that get infected. Uh, diseases aren't always the black plague where people die within two to three weeks of catching the virus and that kind of obviousness. Sometimes they're a lot more subtle and they can be long drawn out things. Also, this is kind of like something out of a uh, science fiction novel or a movie where you get a virus and it just goes and it goes and it lingers and it lingers and it mutates. And over the few years, people just kind of stop paying attention until one of those days, what was something that would give you a cough and occasionally kill somebody with some severe symptoms suddenly starts making zombies or suddenly becomes fatal overnight. And we just don't have the safeguards in place to keep an eye on it. And it spreads super quick. And then we see huge problems. Like that was one of the things about the original pandemic was how fast it spread by the time we kind of knew that, wait a minute, something's going on and this might be a little serious. It already sped, spread quite a bit. You know, we've got airports and stuff nowadays. And then the whole world went into lockdown because things, things were rough. And I don't think we're in a world that would go back down into a lockdown for the COVID virus. I don't think that's something that at this time that we would do, but it is kind of an example of just how, how crazy it was. It's like something, like I said, something out of the book. Ne- never seen that in my life and hopefully things don't go that way actually listen to me hey everybody uh, why don't you relax and hang out with old cobra and i'll talk about the before times and viruses anyhow i call it the after times because society's a little bit different on this side there's just been economic changes people's perceptions of things like work from home the relationship between workers and employers there's like a lot of subtle things the rise of certain technologies like tiktok and stuff where certain type of social media now exists where you could just put videos out there you can just put little videos out there and now people from around the country and around the world can see each other and there are these algorithms of the feed up this content so um you're not as isolated as you were it's weird it's much as we thought if the internet had already kind of pushed it to a point where people weren't as isolated and we knew more about what was going on around the world around you it's even more so now because of technologies like that, because of things like TikTok, but also a lot of other things that came up kind of during the pandemic. Here we are in the last couple of years, we've seen in the rise of generative AI models, large language AI models, which I believe are also a form of generative AI. And at first, maybe people thought that they were a gimmick or that maybe it was going to be a flash in the pan or dead technology. Some people thought it was like the coming of the next, like Christ or something like that. The truth is always somewhere in between, but it turns out that technology is not going anywhere. And all of a sudden, we have programs that generate very convincing photographs. And they're not perfect, but with a little bit of work, somebody who knows what they're doing, some patience with some of these programs, especially the ones that you can train them uh, on stuff specifically, and then combine that with some clever photoshopping and photo editors, all of a sudden it gets harder to believe what you see. And we're seeing this technology go into like voice and we're seeing it go into videos and like, and it's getting better insanely fast. Mid journey when it first came out, probably a year, two years ago now, uh, the early models was like really interesting. And I remember being fascinated by it and I'd go back and see some of the images that I generate the, the virtual photography that we do. I do with it. And at the time, I'm like, okay, wow, it's pretty cool, but I don't know. They've, they've got a way to go. And then I look at how much it's improved in the last year. And it, it still has its oddities. It still does things where it can make things really cluttered. The worlds it generates are just a little uncanny valley-esque and a little too 
messy and things, but it, it gets better so quickly to the point where some images that you generate are very convincing. And as that technology gets combined more with uh, other AI being incorporated in on top of it, kind of like working together, you're going to see something where you'll put in a prompt and then in the background, a couple of AIs are probably working together to generate and filter and redo images and then fix and add text so it doesn't look like weird Somalian text and Somalian Simlish. Uh, like the, the language of the Sims guys. If you ever played the Sims games, you know what I mean? They have like text that almost looks like text, but it's not quite right. A little as they speak a language that almost sounds like a language was. And that is that's where it's going. Uh, that's that's these aftertimes. And here I am in that trying to record a podcast, trying to work on my magazine Moose Hive, trying to work on I've got I've got some ideas for uh, various moose wine related projects in addition to Moose Hive. Role playing games I want to make. Too, too many projects. Oh, and on top of that, I have a podcast a Twitch stream that I do with my brother in which we uh, called Stardate Supplemental. It's uh, currently only available at twitch.tv forward slash Stardate Supplemental. One of these days, my brother will get around to actually exporting the files to YouTube. He keeps promising to do it. I don't know what his barrier is. I understand it takes a little while to upload to YouTube, but he's got a huge backlog. And I've offered to do it for him. And he just, just hasn't gotten around to giving me the files. We used to release it in purely audio format. And so it would be something that a lot more people could consume rather than having to consume live. But, you know, he's a, like me, very busy. One of these days, we'll get it. We'll get it out. Now, I don't know how long today's drive is going to be, folks. These episodes, I try to aim for about 20, 30 minutes. It depends on where we're going. We're heading to my son's daycare, which, depending upon traffic conditions is somewhere in the ballpark of 15 to 20 minutes from my house. I would say all said and done, it's probably a little closer to 20. But if traffic conditions are perfect, it can sometimes be much faster than that. Just missed getting a turn on this light. Maybe we'll see if they don't give me enough space and I can go. It's one of those greens. I don't recall seeing these back when I lived in California, which is where I grew up. And what it is, is you'll have a green light there's a left turn yield on the lead, where essentially, yes, you can turn left if there's a gap in the traffic. And sometimes it'll be paired with a protected turn where there is the ability to do a controlled turn where you're safe. But uh, not every light has it. Sometimes it's only these left yields. And then some of the traffic that you see it in, to me, feels a little odd. Now, it's possible that they're all over the place in California now, and maybe it was just uh, where I grew up. They weren't common, but I don't like them. Give me my protected turns. What's going on out there for all of you? Scary stuff going on in the world right now, and it is a little hard to keep up and a little hard to not just shut down, right? For those of us here in America, we're heading into the election season, and that's a little bit much. I mean, we're heading into the election season. It's November right now, which means elections happen across the country, uh, we have governors and state seats and stuff like that going on. But we're heading into the 2024 election season, which is going to be like president and Congress stuff, things like that. And that's going to be crazy. That is, with everything going on right now, it looks like that we're heading into a... Hopefully we're back. And hopefully I will. Yeah, I just got a phone call from my lady love. Well, she was trying to call and the phone was declining it. And then I tried to call her, and I was getting a weird error. Then I wound up having to use Facebook Messenger to call her back. 
Uh, so we're being diverted, folks. And uh, this will be interesting because hopefully I'm still on the correct earbud. It looks like I am. And we're on the freeway. Got quite a bit of road noise. Like, it's not terrible in this car, but we've talked about this before. It is not the gentlest. But my hope is that the earbud is better at filtering that outside noise than the car audio is. These pixel buds, in my opinion, are normally pretty good about that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we'll find out. It's a good experiment. I was hoping to get a little more of the freeway noise in the test. But, you know, when your lady calls, when your love calls, whoever they are, you should answer. In this particular case, we're being diverted to the pharmacy because she was informed that her medicine is ready for pickup. So we're going to take a diversion, folks. We are slammed on this. exit is terrible. The exits, the exit onto it is not great. I keep saying it. I'm going to have to like just blank it out. But the street that I'm going onto is an extremely busy one. And uh, this is like rush hour time close to it now. It's 3.34 in the afternoon. And I had my route all planned out for picking up my son, in which case I would have bypassed this, gone down a couple of exits, and gotten the exit instead that drops me on very close to his daycare. Instead, I now have to divert through a different path, because this isn't necessarily the way I would have chosen to come here, and muddle down this street. And it's just it's a major thoroughfare that passes through kind of a quasi-commercial zone, but it's like almost a failed commercial zone. Like, yes, there are businesses here, you got your Home Depot got a walmart you got like some taco bells and stuff but but essentially what you have is these um, on one side of the road for a good chunk they're like they're raised up mini mold almost on each side and then eventually you get to a point where you're not raised up anymore but um, the lights and traffic on this road really intense it's like three lanes each direction with every block or so is light on the uh, on the street but the lights are not well coordinated and it can take you can sit at one forever especially if you're coming from the cross streets on the main street and it just makes driving down this road so tedious that's love that's life you go you know sometimes you gotta make some detours to life then uh life gives you a phone call answer it take that detour have it try it out see how you feel you know weigh the risks but uh routine is nice and i like routine but detours every now and then make, give, give life a little bit of spice. Although it does kind of make you wonder. Uh, this is kind of random and unrelated. But, you know, as we love to ramble here, randomly thinking of random shows set in places like New York or, or other cities, big East Coast cities. And uh, I grew up in a town of 100,000 people in Northern California. And I currently live in a town of 100,000 people in Northern Washington here in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, there are a lot of cultural differences between those two areas. For those of you that aren't American, that may just seem like this big monolithic culture, but things are different from state to state. There's different cultures. There's all these little things. The roadsides are different. The cars are different. The laws are different. But the people are different. The language is a little different. The culture is a little different. We're kind of like kind of like our own version of Europe. And maybe you won't believe that if you've never been here. But come visit. I'll figure it out. Anyway, but um, when I was thinking about uh, these uh, shows set like coast in cities in the east coast one of the things that it makes me think about is like restaurant experience and life experience like that where you're in these towns where there's all these different cuisines and restaurants all these little venues these kind of things that to me feel exotic they feel like tv stuff they feel like this splash of life even going north across the border into vancouver canada uh, i'll see these areas that have this culture and these urban elements that are fascinating but 
the same time, they aren't the same as, well, I mean, they're not, it's just not the same here, but to the people that live there, I wonder for the people that live there that grew up there, as opposed to the people that live there that move there, if it's just like the same routine and they think that this, these smaller towns are, are more exotic and kind of the different places, right? And then somewhere between that, you also have the people that have moved there, but been there long enough to them that they're nonchalant about it. And then you have the people who love where they live and they're like, oh man, you should come here. It's great. And then you have the people that have been there for a while, like that, that hate where they live. And then you have the people that are just caught on the middle of the road where you're like, look, it's a place. And uh, usually for stability of life, you know, I've always been kind of the one I lived in a couple of towns near the same area. That's in California. They here in Washington, I live, I live in this town. And, you know, I've got family here. I've got friends here not looking to pick up roots and, and travel off and move to places. But on the rare occasions that I get to travel and see other places, it, it always fuels me with a little bit of wanderlust, a little bit of desire to check out something different and see what that's like. It's something else. It makes you wonder, like about the life that could have been, the person that you would be given different opportunities, like how your job that you have in your current life it's a series of random coincidences. It's rare that your life is a trajectory that's actually something that you consciously picked and chose that turned out the way that you thought it would be. Something comes up, something changes. I wound up moving in Fairtown because of a woman I was dating once upon a time. That relationship did not work out. It was not a very good relationship, but she was one of the reasons I wound up moving up here. And then while up here, I kind of fell in love with the area, met a bunch of new friends. Uh, and all that kind of changed me and who I am in ways that I think are great. And then, you know, one summer, um, I was looking for work because of the side effects of the Great Recession. And the place I had been working at had gotten sold out. And I was working just like fast food job just to pay the bills while I was looking. And I had some friends be like, hey, you should come work at this call center environment with us. We just got hired at. I'm like, I don't know. That sounds crazy. But the pay was really good. And I went to do it. And it was a center for, for this big company. You know, it's not just like one of those weird flipping, flipping, you know, it's like this customer service job. And none of them wound up staying more than a few months, but I stayed and there for, with that company now for not quite 15 years, almost 15 years now, something like that. And maybe a little more, I can't remember. And uh, now I work in data analysis and have this job that I love and this opportunity that, that started here just from kind of a detour, like happenstance. Hey, the great recession threw some wrenches at you. Some folks you knew were working something that paid better. And, and I took a gamble. Like it was a really uncomfortable job for me to get into like customer service on the phone. And mind you, I've worked at retail. I've worked at malls and stuff like that. I've been an assistant manager. I've worked at computer repair. So it wasn't like any of the things required skills outside of my immediate experience. Let me tell you, getting yelled at over the phone compared to getting yelled at in person um, are very different things. So, heck, it wasn't like it was uh, not very different things. It's What I mean is, it's a lot easier to get yelled at over the phone than it is in person. So I'm like, okay, you know, and, uh, you know, I just muddled through. Wasn't great at sales for the sales aspect. I mean, my job was customer support service, but it would, there would be sales uh, uh, quotas to some degree. And I, I do what I needed to do. And in the end, lady, would you and your child please step out of the road? You're walking in the middle of the road. That's not safe for either of you. In the end, I was able to eventually, you know, leverage myself into an opportunity where I got a chance to 
work in some roles and uh, learn some new skills and get into a career path that I would have never expected myself to do. Turns out I'm good at it. Hopefully I get to keep to do it for a few years. That would be nice. I mean, hopefully more than a few. I'd like to be able to keep to do it as long as they'll let me keep doing it unless I find uh, something that makes me happy or pays me better. But anyhow, that's my point. Detours are sometimes good. And we're going to see how this detour goes. I'm here now at the pharmacy, folks. It's inside of a Walmart. So into the crowds I go. 